Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? I don't have one. How come? I don't need one. Where's your wife? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? It's an even longer story. Are you my dad's brother? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. I'm your dad's brother, all right. You have much more hair and your nose than my dad. How nice of you to notice. I'm a kid. That's my job. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Uh, reporting to you. Not live. Not live. A couple Recorded, weeks. though. We're certainly recording. We're, rec- we're live now. I'm alive. We're recording. We're speaking yeah. live via the internet to each other mm-hmm. in what is becoming a longer and harsher lockdown. The couple of week lag is interesting because each episode we release, we're behind on the updates. Um, so, yeah. so at this point, hopefully everyone's still alive. <laughs> it's escalating every bloody two weeks. It is. It, what week is this? Is this week three of home potting? Might be four. No way, Jose. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? It's best not to keep track of time. I find time is uh, it's a social construct, anyway, man. Yeah, well, that's what I say every day. <laughs> you do when someone when someone tells me I'm late for work. Usually, my boss. <laughs> hey, um, we're doing our Made Madness winners pick tonight. We are today, this morning. Lachlan Northridge, friend of the show. Uh, was was crowned lucky, the uh, if I can call you that the grand winner of uh, May Madness. You know the the highly coveted madness madness um, madness annual competition that we we've done once. And uh, he chose Uncle Buck. He actually gave us two options. He gave us Uncle Buck or Great Outdoors. We went with Uncle Buck um, for no real reason. Really, I would have been happy with either. We, I guess I think I said I was leaning towards yeah. the Buck, wasn't I? Do you know what's interesting? Yeah. Uh, we were scheduled to do Candyman this week. Oh, yeah. Um, Lachlan's given us two candy movies to choose from, so he's obviously a Candyman. Whoa! Wow. Wow. We're doing the Candyman. subbed out Candyman for the Candyman. What the fuck, man? Whoa! Different Whoa. different pitch, different tone. That's crazy. Toasty! What the fuck? Oh, <laughs> that one's a bit loud, isn't it? <laughs> How do we? It's in there. So we went from Candyman to the Candyman. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's wow. didn't occur to me. Mm. I asked um, friend of the show Lachlan why he chose this particular picture. Uh, it's very nostalgic for him. This is the VHS era. I don't think it was released at cinemas. We can talk more about that in Australia. But this this was one of those ones he watched a lot. Recorded off the telly. Yeah. Great. Um, along with The Great Outdoors, the other one with Dan Aykroyd that I have not seen, Planes, Trains and Automobiles with Steve Martin as well. This is his rotation. He is a candy man from way back essentially. Mm. essentially. Where's he based? I don't know. know. <laughs> He's Australian. There we go. Somewhere down under. Somewhere down under. Somewhere probably locked down. Somewhere highly based likely on. locked down. He, actually, he sent me a photo actually just before with his double impact shirt on. With a bottle of Jack and a bottle of Coke. Living the dream. Ah. Living the dream. What an icon. What an icon, yeah. Love it. Love it. So, yes, we're doing uh, Uncle Buck. I know he said Candyman. We're doing Uncle Buck. Uh, but before we get into the movie, Greg, take, can you take us back to 1989, perhaps? 
by chance. Yeah, yeah. So 89, um, there was no expo. There was, you know, we were still on a high. They come down as we talked about recently. Didn't really kick in for another year or two. Yeah. Um, so we're still riding the high of 88. Yeah. Um, what better representation of the wave and the high that we were riding culturally, you know, just as a society mm. than Streets Vianetta? Oh, yes. The most elegant and refined of all mass-produced supermarket ice cream. Very much so. Very much so. Released in 82. Released in 82, yeah, right. <laughs> but most famously for us, I think, at least you and I, Tristan, yeah, the ad. The ad. That was from the 89. The fanciest of ads. The fanciest of came ads. Came out from 89. Man, it's like, it, let's play it, just the audio, I suppose, but you'll get the gist because it's all about the VO here and, and then we can talk about mm. it. Streets Ice Cream have created a spectacular dessert called Vianetta. But despite its delicious, rich, creamy taste and its irresistible crisp chalk layers, Vianetta could leave you with one small problem. It's quite sexual too. Streets Vianetta. One slice is never enough. And there you have it. One slice is never enough. Some top shelf stuff. One slab? Yeah, one slab is just about right. So do you want to discuss the ad? I've got a couple of points on the on the Vianetta itself. What do you want to get into? Well, the, the ad, yeah. So we've talked about Vianetta once or twice before in that I've never tried it. And those ads always made me feel like, well, of course we're not having that. That's for rich people. That's for people with mm. two-story houses and swimming pools <laughs> and above-ground pools. Absolutely. It's the above-ground pool of desserts, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing against above-ground pools, nothing against Vianetta. Imagine either. sitting in a nice above-ground pool on a, on a float, like a Lilo float device, yeah. munching down some Vianetta. Yeah. And, you know, some years later I became, an, I became an adult, uh, a financially independent adult, and, and I still never got around to trying it and then – it was brought to my attention at some point in an episode a while back and then I switched gears into like, well, I need to save it. This is going to be important. Um, working in the advertising industry, I think we tried to rally some of our friends into getting Unilever to to do something with us about about Vianetta. Uh, no dice. They don't really support that brand anymore in advertising. It sells itself. Yeah. They've The hard work, the heavy lifting has been done. It's <laughs> a good point. Um and lo and behold, uh, little little Greg Carney over there surprises old Tristan over here with a little Uber Eats delivery over the weekend with um, uh, no heads up. Vianetta delivered directly to my door. Little 10 a.m. surprise and delight yeah. to, the, to the front door. I didn't eat it right away. I, I did eat it just before midday though. Well, not all of it, some of it. And I put it in a little glass bowl too just like in the um, – in the ad there. Mm. Well, they were like it's a glass champagne glass. glass. That was more of a champagne glass, wasn't it? We didn't have champagne glasses. We tend to break those. And it wasn't bad. I, I decided to to do it justice. I had to get a fancy lunch. So we got some takeaway from Continental Deli down the street, some delicious sandwiches, mm-hmm. washed it down with some Vianetta. I think it's a perfect pairing in many ways. And um, uh, i tell you what, Greg, it wasn't bad, but it did it did kind of taste like 1989. You know how there were those ice creams? <laughs> it was sort of the pre-Magnum era. Where the ratios yeah. weren't as generous with the chocolate to ice cream and the ice cream itself yeah. was quite light and sweet. Remember there used to be the chocolate heart ice creams? 
Yeah. It was basically just yeah. that, like, inverted. Constructed in different form. <laughs> yeah, like some of it fell on the floor and they're like, hey, Fionnetta. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I was reading today on how it's made and I, and I was sort of skim reading and I thought I read something to that effect that said, oh, they sped up the machine and it caused that, but I ah. think it was intentional. But for a moment I was like, oh. And the, the crunch that they refer to in the commercial too, did they do it in that one? In other ones at least. Mm. It, there is something about that that feels premium, except I could never get mine to keep standing up. Maybe my slices were too thin, but surely not. They were pretty fat yeah, slices. Yeah, better off with a slab than a slice, I find. Yeah, slab is better. It's more of like a, a dessert lasagna perhaps. This is probably too deep for a, <laughs> a dive into. <laughs> Let, let's, let's, I uh, not. let's zoom out a little. Um, okay. a, t- a tasty treat <laughs> is my verdict there. I got closure. Would I eat it again? Maybe at some point. You'll eat it again when I send you the next <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, that's true. Well, do you know what? It's sold everywhere in Italy, which makes sense because that's a country that's renowned for its cuisine as well as being synonymous with style and fashion. Is Vianetta a place? Well, I mean, if Vianetta, Vianetta was a city, you'd have to say it was Milan. Would you? <laughs> or Vienna. <laughs> They tried to get rid of it in Thailand and there was mass uproar. Was a, really? There was riots in the street. Unilever, if you're listening, you should do that in Australia because there would be this, a similar kind of backlash, I reckon. We take it yeah, for granted. The old take it away. The Monaco bar, same kind of deal. That went away briefly. Have you had a Monaco bar lately? Not for a while. Any good? They've completely changed it. It's, it's, a, it's an abomination. I ordered a four box. No, ordered. I bought a four box at the supermarket a year or two ago. Really? And they're like... the. The sandwich Ooh, is like yeah. super thin. Ah, the ice cream. It was it was terrible. I was like, I had one and I threw the rest out. They've cut costs. It was really bad. Yeah, yeah it was. You know how the, Yeah, it was. I couldn't believe it. I was devastated. The humble Vianetta. The humble Vianetta. You're a virgin no more. I am a virgin no more in in certain ways. Big year for ice cream ads. Yeah, what are you getting at? Also a big year for movies. It is a big year for movies, Greg. I'm glad you brought that up. I don't want to miss that. 1989 is the, the year of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It's the year of Batman, the Batman that we, we've come to know as Batman 89. Ah. Back to the Future Part 2. Look who's talking. Uh, the list goes on. I'm not going to go through them all because I feel like we've done this relatively Others? recently. We've covered quite a few movies from this year actually. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Bill and Ted, Weekend at Boinies, Kickboxer, Cyborg. Christmas Vacation. But do you know what came in at number 23 in the year that was 1989? Uncle Buck. Uh, Came out in August of 1989, budget of $15 million with a return of $79.2 million. Rotten Tomatoes scores, critic score of 63%, audience score of 76%. Critic score of 63%, audience score of 76%. Critic consensus goes as follows. Uncle Buck has its ups and downs, but there's undeniable comedic magic that comes from uniting John Hughes, John Candy, and a house full of precocious kids. So precocious. So precocious. Uh, I mean, that all sounds about right. But was it a big movie for you, Greg? Uh, look, this was definitely, I think I probably had a similar experience to uh, to Lachlan. This was like a Saturday night rental for sure. Yeah. Mum and dad probably heading out. 
cook us an early dinner, babysitter comes over, Uncle Buck goes on, maybe some ice cream with Milo. Yeah. Poor man's Viennetta, as, as we now call it. <laughs> it's better than, that, was, that would be better than Viennetta. That's also a collab yeah, that would be good. Viennetta. What about Viennetta with Milo? Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was, this was like a movie of that era, you know, like I would have watched it a few times back then. Things like the giant pancakes were stuck out in my memory. Same, yeah. The, the crime lab testing on the toothbrush. Oh, yeah. Remember when he says, did you brush your teeth? And they go, yeah. And he goes, well, you know, i got friends in the FBI. I can send them your toothbrush and find out in an hour if you've actually brushed your teeth or just washed them under the faucet. <laughs> what about you, man? Y- yes and no. It wasn't big for me. Like I never rented it. I saw this at Jono's house and um, I didn't have a lot of – I only had such fake memories because I haven't watched it since then. Yeah. And the, the two that stuck with me were uh, The Big Pancake – and Bug, what's his last name? Spray. Because I thought at the time that I think I thought that's a dumb joke. Because I don't know, is that the first thing you associate with Bug? I don't know. It just seems like a clumsy joke. I never really even as a child I was like Did you write to him? Wait a second. I don't know about this joke, man. I couldn't you know I couldn't come In up with a better years, one. I'm gonna do a podcast. <laughs> And I'm going to raise this. Yeah. You'll be dead by then, John. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to raise it. And I'll have nowhere to take it other than pointing out that I don't think it's the best joke. Um, mm. <laughs> and getting, get on with my life. Yeah, I'm going to get on with my life. It was one of my first notes because I was like, oh, yeah, bug spray. I should think about that more. And I've got nothing else to say about it, really. I just That's good. I feel like you've covered it well. I've, I've vented. That's the main thing. I've got it off my chest. Um, but I think there was some kind of negativity associated with this movie. I don't know if it was something in my household, like a more cynical adult not being into this movie or something, or if it was because I don't think it was released at cinema here and then there was a TV show. So I don't know if it was the, the marketing for the TV show that threw me. The TV show didn't last, but I do, I'm pretty sure it landed in Australia because I remembered it. I, I've got the theme song. You want to hear it? Let's see if we... If it yeah. if it tingles any tingles member berries, bells. came out in 1990. Big pancake. There you go, the idea. It's not one of you know. I'm a big fan of 80s sitcom, 90s sitcom theme songs. That's not a great one. I don't like it. <laughs> so that that may have tarnished it. It does lend itself. The premise lends itself to a, an eighties sitcom, yeah, it, you would, or nineties sitcom, doesn't it? I think so too. You can think of all those funny little quirky situations that they land in. It's got a lot of legs, I think. Where they learn something each week, and then they talk about it at the end and go, "You know what I've learned?" Exactly. It makes a lot of sense. I, I, I kind of hold it against them for trying, but it only lasted one season, unfortunately. I think the yeah. other factor was we talked about this on um, the <laughs> yeah we talked about this on the Home Alone episode how I think you said the same that we saw Home Alone first probably because it got released at cinema and so this felt like a weird low key follow up in a way like oh the next Macaulay mm. Culkin movie but he's not really in it and you know so like child Tristan is a bit like confused by what this movie is a little bit um, yeah. Why is the lead not really in it? Yeah, I want more Kevin McAllister and he's, he didn't take, pull any pranks. So I think there's a bit of just that going on there, a little, little um, storm of 
as an adult, I had more nostalgia for it, but it wasn't like a huge thing for me growing up. I never, I didn't really revisit it all that much. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. When was the last time you watched it? You think? Well, that's yeah. I haven't watched it for a very long time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I couldn't tell you. It doesn't like a seem long time ago. It's not like it's on rotation either. Like I feel like it's, it's not never, in the mix, man. Yeah, yeah. We had to rent it. Like it doesn't hasn't popped up on any of the streamers. Yeah, mm. interesting. Anyway. Why don't I get into the origin story? Yeah, that's a good good idea. Origin story. Okay, so truth be told, not not a ton of origin story here. I look I looked under every rock. I couldn't find all that much. Um, to set up the context, though, planes, trains, and automobiles came out in eighty seven. Great outdoors eighty eight. Um, this would be the third. John Hughes, John Candy joint, I suppose. Mm. So in lieu of a rich origin story, uh, I've got some just some interesting little bits of trivia. That'll work. Um, you know, often with John Hughes movies, they're set in Chicago or, or at least some fakey McMade-up mm-hmm. city in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might even say that often Chicago is a main character in his films, wouldn't you, oh, yeah. wouldn't you say? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's very – could you just hit the astute button? It's very astute on your part. Yeah, thank you. It's very astute on your part. Uh, somewhat ironically, th- this was written by John Hughes himself to be set in St. Louis, Missouri, down on Missouri Way. St. Louis, Missouri? And then he came to his senses and changed it to Chicago. He's <laughs> like, what am I thinking? This is great. Why, why change now? I've got a winning formula over here. Mm. Giant houses in Chicago. <laughs> it's, it's, I wonder, I'd love to know when that happened. Yeah. Mm. Gosh darn it. Gosh darn it. All of the sets in this film were built in this, the local school gym. Uh, all of them. The house. Oh. The other things. Oh. Maybe not the bowling alley. The house wasn't a house? That, well, the exterior, just... exterior was a house. <sighs> the movie Magic, man. You know what? At some point we need to get taken on a tour of Hollywood <laughs> by some Hollywood types. Yeah. I did. Uh, well, and just explain this to us, because you say that to me, and I'm like, "How could that not be?" Well, I went. I went. The on, house was a was a was a school with our friends at uh, Val Morgan, friend of the show, Tim Bowen took yeah, took me to a yeah, set yeah. a set tour of Godzilla vs King Kong, which was shot up on the Gold Coast, Hollywood on the Gold Coast, and um, it was interesting because these sets that was a lot of practical shit in that movie, believe it or not, and the sets were crazy, man. You walk into these big, they look like aircraft. Hangers, like these huge yeah. things, and you go inside, and it's just another world. It's fascinating. Um, so, I guess mm. in this case, they did that, but movie with school world, gymnasium, a movie were. world. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And this very school, Greg, was a, the same school they used in uh, Sixteen Candles and uh, Ferris Bueller. Very mm. interesting. Yeah, I hope there's a John Hughes something there. <laughs> Some kind of statue. Like a, yeah, well, well, or a plaque. Yeah. I'd settle with a plaque. I wouldn't mind a plaque one day. You'll get a plaque. Well, I could at least write my name in concrete somewhere, some setting concrete. Ah, at least the T and the B. Yeah. <laughs> Speed brother. There are this, okay, so this is one of those ones. It's got some class, classic precasties. And you got to take these with a grain of salt because it is pretty much every human that was big at the time. But I think some of these would have been interesting. I'm not going to go through them all because it's everyone. But why don't I just go through the ones that are kind of interesting that may have worked? Yes. Danny DeVito was Buck. Interesting. 
I'm Uncle Buck. Unky, Unky Herb. <laughs> Unky like, Herb. Yeah, just yeah. do Unky Herb. Yeah. That sounds like Danny DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise was in the mix too, which sounds odd, but having just done Cocktail, if you imagine the character from Cocktail having to drive over, it, it kind of works. He was a piece of shit. Um, Robin Williams, <laughs> yeah. Tom Hanks, I could see that happening. Uh, Michael Keaton obviously would do Mr. Mom, so that kind of makes sense. Joe Pesci was one of them there. I thought that's interesting. Joe Pesci, it would have fucked up Home Alone though because I feel like he couldn't have jumped then from being the adorable yeah. uncle to the, the actual bad guy. So it's probably for the best that he didn't. But it, but if Home Alone never got made, I wouldn't mind seeing Joe Pesci as a, as Uncle Buck. No, he, he, I don't know if so I can nail, see him nailing Heart of Gold. Yeah, that's a good point actually. You're right. I mean that's we'll get into that later but there's that's definitely a big ingredient, isn't it's it? It's a the, different uh, take. Yeah, the likability of Buck himself is, is is kind of what makes the movie. Father, the father. Faja. The Faja, otherwise known as Bob. Apparently Rick Moranis was was in the mix there. I like that. Yeah, that would be good. You've got the Second City gang all hanging out, which is always nice. Yeah, and I like the idea of those two being brothers. Yeah, I like that too. On account of their physical differences. Yeah, it writes itself. Yeah, they're brothers. <laughs> they're about to find out. Uh, Winona Ryder was... Um, in the mix for oh, Tia, yeah. but she went on oh, to make Heather's. She, she went on to make Heather's. But obviously we ended up with a, with a pretty bloody great cast. Heather's is good. Let's put it on the list. Um, yeah. We've got John Candy as, as Buck Russell, of course. We've got Gene Louisa Kelly as Tia Russell. We've got Macaulay Culkin, Young Mac as Miles Russell. Gabby Hoffman, who I totally forgot was in this. She's in a ton of things these days as um, Maisie Russell. Oh, Yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, last but not least, Laurie Metcalf as Marcy, oh. the the um, the thirsty neighbour. Shooting the lights out as a, yeah. I had totally <laughs> forgot she was in this. <laughs> oh, same, same. I had no idea. And Jackie. I fucking she love her, She was amazing man. in this. She's the best, man. I fucking. She's as amazing as, as Aunt Jackie. She's. I used to have a crush on Aunt Jackie. Yeah, yeah. She me was too. so cute. Me too. <laughs> yeah. No, she's, she got something. Yeah, she um, does Even in this. Yeah. I kept the hyphen. I got <laughs> a lot of compliments on the hyphen. <laughs> She's strange. And it was unexpected. I, I totally, well, we'll get into it. Sorry. Getting ahead of myself. Mm, yeah. Yes. Um, why don't I play the trailer? Mm, do. Happy birthday. Meet Uncle Buck. Woo! He's every kid's delight. He's cooking on garbage. And every parent. <laughs> Nightmare. Uh, you think she hates me? With a passion. They invited him over. I'm a big drooler. Now, he won't go away. John Candy is Uncle Buck. You have much more hair than you know, so my dad. How nice of you to notice. I'm a kid, that's my job. From John Hughes, rated PG. Now playing at a theater near you. I kind of glossed over the John Hughes thing, but for me, I always associate John Hughes with like those... 16 Candles and stuff. And it wasn't until yeah. we did Home Alone that I realised, oh, he's done other things. So I'd never yeah. associated him with this. That's his. Interesting. That's, yeah, same. I don't, I've never watched any of those either. So he's just been like this guy that's over there that I'm not that, have no affinity towards whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what happened in this movie, Greg? Um, yeah, so this is a classic Unwanted House Guest set up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got Bob and Cindy Russell. They're living with their three kids, Tia, Miles, and Maisie, in a suburb in Chicago. 
I believe we are. Mm. They've recently moved from Indianapolis mm. or Minneapolis, some Apolis. Metropolis? Um, yeah, it could be Metropolis. Mm. Because the guy did have glasses. <laughs> could have been Clark Kent. Um, look, the family's a little flat, i got to say. Um, the parents, they seem to have these big jobs. There's not a lot of, I guess, cohesion at the dinner table. Yeah. Tia, the, 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 you know, the 15-year-old, she seems like she's strolled right out of detention at Sherma High, mm. a.k.a. Breakfast Club. <laughs> uh, she's high on the attitude, you know. She's classic, uh, classic John Hughes material. Yeah. And then you got a couple of cute little kids there. But it's it's not a great dynamic. It's, yeah. It's there's something. It's, the family's under a bit of under stress. Then at dinner, Cindy receives a call that her father is having a heart attack. He's back in uh, one of the Appalaches. She's moved away from him. There's obviously some you know palpable guilt there. So she wants to get yeah. back. He's alive. He's hospital she wants to get back there yeah like asap like now so rather than you know the dad stay perhaps and she go by herself they're like no <laughs> you and I are gonna go. we're, gonna leave. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna leave the kids um, because they've got school but we're gonna go tonight you and i are leaving the kids now so you, you get a feel for the kind of woman this this lady is um idiot but nevertheless they go well there's only these sort of one couple across the road that might be appropriate. Um, they're down in Florida getting away from that uh, Chicago winter. We all know how rough that can be, am I right? <laughs> the old windy city, the old frozen bloody oh, city oh, thing. Oof, it's cold. Oh, yeah. So these guys are down in Key Largo, down in Orangetown, something like that. Leaving their kids to freeze. Getting their rays. So they're out of choices, Tristan. So they have to rely on... Putting a call into old uh, old Bob's brother and sort of semi uh, estranged, I guess you'd say at this point, semi estranged. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Uncle Buck. He's semi estranged. <laughs> so they get Uncle Buck on the blower. He's the drinking, gambling, responsibly responsibility shucking slob with the heart of gold. And I tell you what. What a masterstroke that turned out to be! <laughs> just what the family this guy, needed. This guy comes just what the just what the family needed, Tristan. Mm. This guy says yes on a dime. Drives down that night. In the morning, he's cooking, he's cleaning, he's ferrying kids around, he's giving life lessons, life lessons, probably life lessons. There's probably a cutscene about head lice. Yeah. He's beating up creepy child entertainers. He's slamming stuffy teachers who are telling their kids the wrong thing. Uh, he's the best. He's the best. He's the best. And uh, that's kind of the story. And you're right. Yes, it is a love story between a family and their estranged uncle, Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. You touched on something there. I think the fact that he did go immediately, I know there was some reason he was trying to get out of something with his girlfriend, I think, maybe. But, like, the fact that he, uh, the dropper, he, on a dime, he went and did it. It makes him immediately likable. We're on his side right away. Mm, there's that thing, time. there's that screenwriting trick, they say, that they, they save the cat out of the tree thing. Where it's basically in the first 15 minutes you got to, Air quotes, you know, have the main character save a cat yeah, out of a tree. Win. Yeah, to show that yeah. they're likable. And I guess that was that because, I mean, there's John Candy magic too, but 
it also makes me think the parents are kind of dickheads because he did immediately drop everything and come and they're acting like this guy's an asshole. Fuck you, squares. I don't like those parents. I don't like them either. No wonder he doesn't hang out with them. Fuck. <laughs> and the the dad, I think, yeah, I think they all, I think they all broke bread at the end, though. Spoiler yeah. alert! Spoiler alert! Hey, hey, you always ask me first how yeah. I found it. Mm. I think it's only fair that you know you get to share your thoughts first occasionally. Oh, the tables have turned. I want to talk you through some of my my, my initial reactions because mm. it was a bit of a mixed bag because I remembered so little about it. I remember the Is pancake like, and I remember uh. bug spray. Yeah, it was a bit of that. For a second, in the beginning, I was like, fuck, did the parents die? And then I realised I was thinking of another movie and they, they don't. And I was like, fuck, phew. <laughs> a much, much sadder movie. <laughs> yeah, man. Fuck. <laughs> um, and then I mentioned I forgot almost everything about this movie, but it's, it was definitely one of those rewatches where as everything unfolded, I was like, oh, yeah, of course, oh, yeah. So the car backfiring, which... Mm. is an interesting one because I, I forgot to check, but I don't think there were any school shootings until after 1989. So now with a car backfiring like that, everyone would oh, really – of that. That would really hit the deck. And all the other stuff with Bug, like the the level of intimidation there is delightful. And it was all, you know, member berries flooding through as it happened. Uh, the bowling alley guy with the toothpick – yeah. That was actually a big one. I remember, I think me and Jono used to try and do the toothpick thing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Greg's doing the toothpick. He's, he's miming it. Yeah. Why, and, did he, um, why did he have a black eye? Sorry? Do we know? Do yeah, we know I think it was just, eye? it was just, they wanted to paint Probably him. Probably another cut scene. Yeah, well, maybe actually. I think they just wanted to paint him as an undesirable, which reminds me of the time I showed up to work in my first two weeks when I first started working with you with a black eye. Did you? Yeah. Do you remember that? Nice. I don't no. think I don't think I knew you yet because I was still I was only two weeks in. I showed up with a real shiner. I still had my earrings in too. That's the stage we're at. And um. Oh, I remember and, the um, earrings. Yeah, I'd, I'd gotten. A, How old are we at that point? Just for a bit of context. Uh, twenty two. I'd broken up a fight. So basically, me and this girl I was dating at the time, we were all going to karaoke. And <laughs> most of my stories started you for your consistency. <laughs> oh, ironically, this, I don't, wasn't a karaoke man at this point. And we never made it to karaoke because we, we bought drinks to take in because we heard it was BYO and then it wasn't. And so like a, you know, early 20s person, we decided to, to drink those in the park, Hyde Park in yeah. Sydney. We saw, this oh, guy, we saw yeah. this guy getting beat up. And it was oh, me. I do know, yeah. Yeah, I told you this story, right? It was me and a group of girls that I'm like, well, it's, i got to do something. The only one here that's going to do anything. And so I went over and um, broke it up. I was shitting my pants. There's three guys on one guy and he was on the ground. It wasn't, wasn't pretty. Anyway, I sorted mm. it out and I was like, oh, my God, I've done it. They left. And then um, this poor guy was not in great shape, but all the girls making a fuss around him, which is fine and everything, and then – um, we realised the guys were just, you know, still over yeah. there, not too far Lurking. away. And so the yeah. girls started yelling at them like, who do you think you are? Why did you do this to someone else? I was like, what are you doing? I'm going to have to pay the consequences for these actions. And so then they came back. <laughs> we're going to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. So then they came back and I'm like trying to neutralise the situation and I got smashed. But I I never threw a punch because I'm like, it's, as soon as I throw a punch, it's going to escalate. 
So it wasn't too bad, mm. but I did get a black eye. And um, mm. and so, you know, it made me an interesting character at work. Who's that guy? One. Who's that guy? He's got yeah. earrings and a black eye. So, yeah, so I was a bit like that guy, except I didn't have the toothpick at that point, but maybe I should have. Mm. Cre- bit like him in creeping on young girls in bowling alleys. <laughs> I always wanted a bowling shirt. Remember when they were cool? Yeah. It's all coming back to me. Maybe this guy swingers. is this guy is my idol. Yeah, swingers. We did talk about it on swingers. Anyway, that's a big, that's a huge uh, uh, detour. Um, the interrogation was the other one. I totally forgot about. Then, as it happened, the part that was in the trailer, um, young Macaulay Culkin interrogating Uncle Buck with the questions, um, it was a delightful little scene. I thought. I thought. But what about what about you, Greg? How's the rewatch for you? Ah, uh, man, I loved it. I hadn't watched this for so long, so it really was a pure rewatch. Yeah, we don't get a lot of those as as we know. Yeah. Um, knowing it was a John Hughes movie, movie now was quite different to how I remember it because yeah, I kind of know what he's about and the type of movies he's made, um, which made it interesting. Um, knowing I'm the same age as Uncle Buck was a little bit like uh. that's kind of I'm not quite over that yet. Yeah, there's a few movies to work through that in this. Yeah. In this. Hey, we're older than Homer Simpson. We're well older older than Homer. He's like 34 years old, maybe 36, 34, 36, I can't remember. Owns a home. (laughs) Yeah, there's a great bit on that, how his slobby bit is like the unachievable. It's gone from like a, I can't remember the phrasing, but yeah, it's gone from, it's now an aspirational goal to be like Homer Simpson. You can't actually do it for most people, it's out of reach. Yeah. Yeah. so yeah, Uncle Buck. The only difference is he's like got that full luscious head of hair. Mm. Man, and there was just tons of scenes I loved. I loved, like, I loved Colkin in it. Colkin, it's a young Colkin, isn't perfect. it? He's so young. He's almost. He was because um, you see him in Home Alone. You like he's like a fully formed human and great actor. You're like, where did this kid come from? In this, he's still great, but there's a little bit of the the. Uh, babiness showing like he's yeah he's like one degree off gibberish a little bit like he's he's saying these lines but it's kind of like he doesn't really know what they mean necessarily but it's all cute like but it all works but it, it, it all works it yeah. all works but it's almost um i guess he's a year younger than home alone but it's it's almost like a different person like he, it's fascinating oh, it's interesting it is fascinating to think yeah. that yeah this kid in this movie is only 12 months 16 months off yeah, of his role in in Home Alone, and You're you right, know, it's a completely different kid in terms of you know assaulting two grown men. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he like this guy would have no chance against Harry and Marv. No chance. He'd be chewed up and spat out. Yeah, <laughs> he'd lose his finger. His, his corpse would be scraped across the streets <laughs> of Chicago. Hey, why why is Buck's electricity connected to Wrigley Stadium? I didn't really get what <laughs> that, it was just a bit random. I didn't really understand what that meant. Well, it's it the clap the, clap. The challenge with having Chicago as, you know, your other lead character yeah. is you've got to show Chicago. Yeah. And if that means What are we to take from that? Does that mean that yeah, I don't really know what that means. Why why? Why did that happen? I think he was like hijacking his It was boosting there. From, yeah. He was boosting. Okay. Boost and riggers. So would yeah, that's okay. what they say. Interesting. I guess so. Larry, I thought it was int- Larry and Betsy. Yeah, right. 
Sorry. I thought it, I guess it was the Keep weather. I, I guess it was the weather, but I thought the um, it's interesting that all the kids kind of looked pretty gothy. Yet listen yeah. to hip hop. It was pretty John Hughesy, right? Like those. Oh, good point. Actually, the whole high school vibe. They were wearing these um, trench coat things. Yeah, well, that's why I sort of had a Dark pointer colors. on that, like on the same on the same sort of line that it's like there's a couple of movies, like a couple of the characters are from different movies in this. You've yeah. Got, like Tia is straight, like I mentioned in the synopsis, she's straight out of 16 Candles or Breakfast Yeah, it's Club. almost like what happens when she gets home from Breakfast Club. And then yeah. and then she gets home into Home Alone or, you know, one of his, one of Hughes's more um, yeah. comedic efforts. The two, and it's like this funny watching those two worlds collide. That's kind of like the, that's the tension, Tristan. Mm, mm, mm. It's, it's very astute on your part. Despite their goth appearance, though, apparently this is one of the first movies that had, uh, like the youth culture, the teen culture, listening to rap and not rock. Oh, I missed it. Yeah, well, I missed it too. And then strange, and of all places, I saw this on IMDb trivia. It's something that we would miss because it's pretty normal now, so it just kind of goes under the radar. But Is um, that at the park or at the? Well, I looked. I, I went and revisited the soundtrack, and there's well, the whole Bucks theme. Is Bucks theme is Tone um, Logue, Rapper's Delight, uh, or something, isn't it? It's um, yeah. yeah, Wild Thing. But then also, Thing, yeah. and Funky Cold Medina's in there too. Buster Move is what they were listening to at the party. I think the kids were the teenagers, and there's it's the soundtrack is loaded with rap. Fascinating. Mm. Fascinating. Hey, a uh, quick quick shout out to Bismarcky, RIP. Oh, yeah. Bismarcky passed away today. Baby, you got what I need. Got what I need. Yeah, apparently he was a bit of a lovely man. He seemed like it. He seemed like mm. a, quite an Uncle Buck. Yeah. I do think Uncle Buck would not be a bad rap name. In, from a from a rhymeability perspective, exactly, exactly. Because also, there's a double entendre, buck, buck meaning a dollar, truck, fuck, suck. and all the rhyming. Yeah, rappers it's both. Would like it. It's both because it's got dollars in there and all of those great words you just mentioned. So, what else do you need? Uncle probably doesn't what get you, used enough in rapper names. Uncle? Um, no, I'm just thinking of anagrams. Knuckle, <laughs> knuckle, oh, phonetically, wow. phonetically. Wow. Phonetically, phonetically, of course. <laughs> I thought it was interesting too. I don't know if this is like an outdated thing necessarily, but it's more just interesting. You think about the the era, you think about the 80s and 90s movies and the role that the bowling alley played in sort of mm. being a signifier mm. of an undesirable character. I thought it was interesting because, you know, you got Lebowski, you got uh, what's the what's the Farrelly Brothers one? The Bowlers. Yeah, all those things. Kingpin. Kingpin. And um, there's just something, there was a point there where like the idea of bowling the bowling alley, oh, yeah, fuck. Um, but this idea, yeah, the bowling alley being this very non, this dingy place. And bowling alleys now are all neon and like loud music, but I don't know. If they made this today, I don't know what the sport would be to signify a dirt bag. <laughs> like, what would it, maybe a pool hall or like a, I don't know what it would be. Esports? I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't have the same thing. That that dinginess. He's not. He's not taking to the bowling alley, is he? Yeah. Or is he? Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the thing would be. I feel like we're so more tolerant of diverse um, lifestyle choices now. That oh, you're into bowling? That's cool, man. That's cool. 
It would have to what be. What about, yeah, on the couch maybe. Fucking Al Bundy like would he, be bowling. You know, it's, it was like shorthand. It was like for whatever reason in movies and TV shows, bowling was like this shorthand for like. For the Darrows. It's, it's this guy. You know, Homer Simpson buys yeah. Marge a bowling ball for a birthday. It's fascinating, isn't it? What, what did bowling do to deserve this? Man. Well, have you? Okay. I'm potentially going to offend some of our bowling listeners. <laughs> I once, um, I like bowling. Me too. And I'm very um, inconsistent. I used to go a little bit when I was a kid. Um, and one time we went on, oh, I feel like it was a Saturday afternoon. And it's, I didn't really, we went up to Top Ride where mm. you go bowling. Oh, yeah. From the, from the neighborhood. That was a big deal and when that got installed. Wasn't it? Yeah, Huge. Man. I had a few parties there. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> I, I still like bowling to this day. I'll happily go for a. It's for a, a delight. It's a delight. I, I, I went recently up the coast when that my dad's birthday up there. It was fun. Mm. I won too. So let's go. Good. Yeah, it was great. I want to go bowling. I'm keen for a roll. Um, but we went this day. Sorry, and there was one lane left, and you know how there's like two lanes for every like little yeah pod where the balls come up. Everything was full because yeah. it was league day. Oh, and you saw the pros getting it. Yeah, the pros air quotes. But just getting a load of these dudes, like I would have been about 14 at that point. It looked like the extras in Lebowski probably. Yeah, like they weren't aspirational. There's that one guy that's the Jesus's wingman in Lebowski that I'm yeah, picturing right now. Yeah, they looked a bit yeah. like him. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I would say perhaps the, the pro bowling league, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a subculture, shall we say. Yeah, yeah, and maybe something we're missing. I don't think we've missed the bowling aesthetic in our in our movies of late. If you're listening, Hollywood, get get that in there. Story by. Mm, yeah, we need a, a return to. Mm, a return to. I think Greg, for me, something I didn't mention yet, just an overarching thing. I think uh, it's really a John Candy thing that makes this movie any good. I think. Mm. You touched on it before with the Joe Pesci thing, and as much as I would. Just like to see Joe Pesci do stuff like flip a pancake. Uh, he would be missing the empathy. <laughs> He'd be missing the. Yeah. Uh, there's something about this guy. He'd be good at is, half of it. Yeah. There's something about John Candy that just has this uh, this thing where you just want to give him a big hug. Yeah, he's, he's yeah he had he had an energy, didn't he? Yeah, and I'm I'm a little light in. I got I got many gaps in my John Candy repertoire for sure. But every time I see him, it's a delight. And he has that special thing. I think also he's got this gravitas too. So like even though yeah. the way he's intimidating Bug, it's he doesn't go overtly dark, but he just does this thing where it's low-key menacing and it has this, this yeah, gravitas towards it that I think a lot of his peers don't have. Like Steve Martin, he's just a None bit – None of them have. Yeah, I, I think – yeah. Sorry, what, what do you mean specifically about the, the gravitas? I just think overall, I, I was talking about the, the bug intimidation a general as an gravitas. example. But a general, like I'm listening. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like he just draws me in. Like he, he could definitely, mm. if he was still alive, I think he would have eventually dipped over into some serious roles. Oh. Uh, he could have done it. He's like, half serious in these roles. It, well, it, yeah, and like Cool Runnings was actually quite serious. 
relatively speaking. Yeah. Like it had that 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 uh, layer to it. So he's got that Jim Carrey or or Robin Williams energy where you're like, there's more going on there that I would love to see. Um, I was thinking about like what movies may yeah. he have fallen into. Like I think if he oh. if he I couldn't come up with specific movies, so I've more just gone these types of movies. But um, if if he didn't die so young, he could have. I could picture him as maybe like the best friend in a Truman Show type of movie. You know how there's the friend yeah, character okay. in that? Now yeah. I could kind of see that. Maybe taking a turn into like a, the Wes Anderson universe, kind of see that. Okay. Um, a bit on the nose, but you could see him okay. in you could see him in, in Goodwill Hunting perhaps as a you know, grow a beard and be a therapist. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Maybe something more like almost famous. Um, one of those types of movies where it's more a bit of a dramedy, more on a drama. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's there's a world that he barely dipped a toe into that he he absolutely would have. I reckon. I reckon he would have. Not even that I necessarily want him to, because I don't think it's not. You know, a, a, a comedy actor doesn't necessarily have to do a a drama yeah. to to like prove themselves. But this guy would have. I think he would have done it and could have killed it if he did. Yeah. I agree. It would have what makes it particularly interesting is the bond slash professional um relationship he had with Hughes. Yeah. And Hughes was obviously built on those angsty um teen you know, dramas. Yeah. Um you know, then he was doing his comedies, but what happened if he went back in you know, he, he made a point of growing out of those teen movies. And then was yeah. doing the comedy pieces, but what if he went into another version of you know more adult dramas and took Candy with him still as his muse, his adult, you know his latest muse post Molly. True, because we've talked about a lot of um, comedic directors that moved into drama. Many. That's right, and the Farrelly know, brothers. And this guy kind of started there. Zucker, anyway, one right? of the Zuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely. the the journey he was going on with Hughes was was definitely cut short as well because. Yeah. Um, you know, that's spoken about pretty regularly about where they were going together. So completely agree, man. We we was robbed. He's um I he was one of those actors that I, I remember when I found out he died because I was still quite young and yeah. I was like genuinely sad, you know, like like I'd lost someone. I was a little bit you know, overly empathetic as a child. Interesting. But, um, there were certain yeah, I didn't people have that. I remember I remember mum telling me and, and John Candy was absolutely one of them. Yeah, I was so bummed. Wow. Can't remember what movie I loved it mo- him most from, but I think I only at that point it was probably what well, Cool Runnings. I don't know when when he passed away. I re- like it wasn't. I just wasn't. I'm not a robot, Greg, but I just it wasn't it. He wasn't that big of a deal in my youth at that point. Mm. Was, I was. I was a I'm, always, I'm always late to the party, man. It's uh. Well, from, you were a little the, bit younger we'll from give the you Beatles to Grace, right? Yeah, it's true. But from John Lennon to Mac Miller and now now bloody Doom. Doom. I, listen, yeah. I always I always become obsessed with these people after they die. Not because they die, not like an immediate thing, but just like years later I realize, oh, they were pretty good. I get it now. <laughs> I think Mac Miller was fairly immediate. We both had Yeah, that. actually Mac Miller was immediate, yeah. So I listened um, to him a little bit, but the, then those last couple of albums Man, after he died, I was like, oh, oh. the places he would have gone to, just in, musically. I don't mean in terms of like 
acting in a drama, but just like mm. he was what, he was honing his craft. I wanted to hear what was coming next. Anyway, it's a whole other thing. Seeming like you, a Larry Clark piece. Yeah. Um, you know, this one has an interesting, you know, sometimes we talk like to talk about the legacy of a film. And this one leaves behind an, an interesting trail um, which you may not, you may or may not associate with this film to varying degrees. We talked about the TV show in 1990. Um, there was also another TV show in 2016 starring Mike Epps. Why don't I play the trailer for that so you can get a bit of a sense okay. of what was going on there. Fuck, we need someone to watch the kids. Any chance you're free? You'll love to have me here. I'm lots of fun. Who want to see me jump off the balcony in the pool? Oh, damn. I love taking care of them kids, and I do it well. Yeah! There is no way he's got this. Look what I got Maisie to do. I'm a right. Oh, hell no. It's way harder than I thought it would be. What are you hitting me for? You're not the police. And the wonderful lessons continue. You get it. Uh, not that I love that trailer, but I get why they did that. That makes sense to make a sitcom. It works as a sitcom, like you said before. It, it it's totally all there. Does. There's an array of situations. You don't need them all in a movie. But it didn't work as it turns out. <laughs> but it should work. I don't know. It should work. Um, there's also an Indian remake that came out in 1991 called Uncle Bun. Uncle Bun. Uncle Bun. When did Who's the Boss come out? Because there's something going Early on there too, this. right? Yeah, okay. For sure, right? The, I mean, I guess, I guess there's also just, a, yeah, 84. I guess there's also just that this subgenre of like, the male playing in an unconventional role in the house. Like Mrs. Doubtfire has got a bit of this flavour to it. Um, but one that is a direct – it's thievery, Greg, thievery. And oh, I think yeah? this is something that happened in Australia back in the day before the internet and they didn't think they would notice, is is just directly lifting one of the most iconic scenes from this movie and not in like a – I don't think it was a homage. I don't think it was a nod. I think it's, theft. it's, it's theft, it's straight up thievery. I'm talking, of course, about um, the interrogation scene between Macaulay Culkin and, and uh, Sir John Candy. And I'm talking about a Heinz ad that came out in Australia um, back in the early 90s. Mm, go on. So I left you in charge, Grandpa. Yep, I'm in charge. You qualified? I'm qualified. Experience? I looked after your dad when he was a kid. Dad not the back bands? Lots. Heinz? Any particular reason? They taste good. Mum said you can't eat stuff just because they taste oh, good. They're packed they with protein. Anything else? They're low in fat. Uh-huh. And they're high in fibre. Fibre? What do I need fibre for? Keep you regular. What's regular? What are you, a cop? Just want to get a fast, Grandpa. You sure ask a lot of questions. I'm kids, my job. Oh. Oh. You know what I'm... Right? I say. That took me a long time. I remember when that scene came up... When the scene came up, I remembered, oh, there was an ad. And I thought it was something else. I thought it was like. The porridge um, ad? I thought it was, yeah. It's not a unique porridge. <laughs> That's a good ad. But it's probably from a fucking movie. Um, I thought it might be like Cotty's Ice Magic topping or something. And I had to, and then I kept Googling different things to try and find it. And then finally it came up. If you didn't catch it, the full premise there was the grandfather's taking care of the kid, the kid's interviewing. It's the same thing, it's the same bloody thing. I'm sure. Unfortunately, no one has um, created a list conveniently for me, so I couldn't fucking find it myself. I couldn't come up with it myself because I don't have all the member berries, but I'm sure there is like this subgenre of Australian ads 
that are low key, just not again, not Rips. homages, just ripping off shit that that's in movies. <laughs> it's advertising, baby. Yeah, because it's not like Uncle Buck was a huge cultural moment in Australia, and then therefore that's just a little nod to it. It, it was very under the radar. So, well, maybe it was plagiarism. Tristan. I don't think it was. Was it? Let's find out who made that ad. Finding Drago. You steal this, you prick. <laughs> you steal it? Say it. A current affair styles. I'm like you know, outside his house. <laughs> it's like, fuck off. I told the last guy. It was parallel thinking. <laughs> uh, uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't stop there, Greg. Face off. I don't know. There's something in face off. There's a little subplot there when Nicolas Cage becomes the, the parent in that household and it gets a little bit better briefly. Like they all, you know, we're talking about in Face Off, mm. they swap faces, and then Nicholas, the crazy character, becomes goes to the other guy. He pays attention to the family, and they kind of like him. And I think he bangs his wife. And I mean, there's complications we're there that makes that very we're, problematic. We're but, sure, he does. Yeah, but yeah, the whole penis thing, we don't, we weren't sure about that, were we? Yeah, but um, no, but, but they all seem penis. to be having a good time with this new dad in the house, who by and all accounts is a dick. psychopath and is potentially bigger penis. A psychopath by any measure, yet p- potentially what just what the family needed. <laughs> I don't well, know if it was a bowler. Just, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a phrase you've you've tapped into really well. Just what the family needed, right? Mm, I mean, and yeah. it's Nicholas Cage. So what do you want? Um, I was thinking though, if this was made today, I would I wouldn't mind dialing up the dirt bagginess of Buck himself. Almost like a bad Santa type of deal, where it's it's a bit more. There's a bit more of a gap between where he is and where he needs to be. Yeah, uh, you know, make it R rated. Uh, that could be fun. Who have you got for that role? Oh, I've got a couple. Uh, We're jumping to recast this, but why? Uh, not? Who cares? I got a, I got a joke one first. You get Colin Hanks and Chet Hanks. Colin Hanks being the dad, and Chet Hanks is the. That's the unreliable uncle. Oh yeah, <laughs> that works quite well. Yeah, I mean, in more st- that's that's a documentary. <laughs> yeah, that's happening as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, Chet, could you take care of my kid? But it's white boy summer, baby. <laughs> oh, do you reckon that? Oh my gosh, can you? No, he wouldn't. He yeah. just have a nanny. Oh, cool, Dad. Um, Vince Vaughn. Oh yeah. Sam Rockwell. Oh yeah. Or Josh Brolin. Interesting. Yeah. Do you have it? You got one? I I had one mm. and I said that's the only guy I've got and I've got no one else. So it's interesting he wasn't one of your guys because I thought uh, he was the guy. Tom Holland? He's Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> and Zendaya. <laughs> and Zendaya. And Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> and Shia LaBeouf. It's more of a um, three men and a baby, <laughs> three men and a family. No, it's um, uh, Kenny Kenny Powers. That's good. He's he's got he can do the Danny series. McBride. He could have that drama flavor too if you wanted to. Again, likening it to a Billy Bob Bad Santa type of deal. Yeah, he can take it way further than John Candy talking about needing to take a dump. <laughs> yeah, and he could go pretty dark. Yeah, he'd go very dark. Greg, you mentioned um. Something in the trailer that wasn't in the movie and a few other things that sounded like they were cut. There was originally a three-hour cut. I don't think it was 
Well, I don't know if it was ever intended for a theatrical release, but it, I guess maybe a first draft or something. Appar- apparently Hughes, Hughesy liked to record a lot of ad-libs and so he would make these longer versions initially. And um, mm. I found some of the differences between the longer version and then the shorter version, it's largely the same. There's a bit more Marcy, the part we saw in the trailer. There was a sequence of an ice hockey game apparently. But the part that looked interesting to me that I wish maybe they kept in was more with uh, Macaulay Culkin and <laughs> and it was this sweet, uh, there was this really sweet scene apparently that they shot and it was him talking about how much Buck has improved his life and it was like Aww. this really nice scene. It's like so that in the script it says, this is Macaulay talking, I was just sort of nothing. My mum sent out a ton of birthday invitations. I only got five guys to come. That's not so great. But then you stomped a clown and everybody who didn't come, I wish they did because it's so rare that a clown gets their butt overhauled. Um, and this thing about his lunch, because there, there is like maybe one scene of it where you see what he has for lunch, but apparently yeah, it was more of... <laughs> so what is the line he says? He says, uh, who would like to talk about a possible lunch trade? <laughs> <laughs> such, a, such a great line. That's good. But apparently Sorry, there was more on. and it, it became a running gag every day at lunch and more and more people would crowd around each time. And he, says, and he says in this same scene, and every day at lunch everyone, hands, uh, everyone hangs out with me to see what kind of weird stuff he gave me to eat. And, and there was a bit <laughs> about like, oh, no, did I give you bad food? And he's like, no, no, it was great. I had friends and everyone wanted to hang out with me. And, you know, and it was just another little sweet moment that. Interesting. Would have been nice. I mean, A, more Macaulay would have been nice, but. Uh, they, relied, they clearly relied on um, Tia for that vehicle, didn't they? Like. Mm. Turning her around, taking care. Yeah, of I think fun. they did a decent job. They went pretty hard with her and him being. It went further than I remembered or thought it would. Like she was a bit. They were, she was kind of an asshole to him. Well, she was an Big asshole time. to him. I think. Big time. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the, with the girlfriend interruption and the girlfriend <laughs> yeah. calls and says, "Where's? Can I speak to Buck?" She's like, "Oh no, he's out with another girl." Like lies to make it. Yeah, sound like he's cheating on his girlfriend. Like that's pretty, pretty horrible. And so close to the point of no return. But then, but then oh. she does return, and you yeah, feel it. She... It was nice. Bugs a real son of a bitch, but you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. he'd be in a ditch now. <laughs> he sure would. Listening to his rap music. Oh. <laughs> hey, if you're interested, if you wanted to make a pancake that big, um, <laughs> good segue there. Uh, you need about 300 grams of plain flour, 200 grams of caster sugar, 450 mils of milk, nine medium free-range eggs, free-range is uh, suggested, 100 grams of melted unsalted butter, unsalted, 15 grams, grams of vegetable oil. Uh, yeah, 100 grams. Uh not 15- much. Oh, you know, it's a big pancake, but, you know, we're not, mm. we don't want to clog our Sorry, arteries. yeah. I don't, yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> 15 grams of vegetable oil. And you got yourself a little birthday brunch. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. That was some it's good to inter- know. internet chef said that. Well, we'll post that just in case anyone's looking for some novelty-sized pancakes. I need a novelty-sized pan. Wait, how did he fry that up? Was he, did he like put – how did he do that? They like must a have a teppanyaki plate. plate. Yeah. They had a pretty baller pad. That's true. It's not uncommon for a baller pad to have a teppanyaki plate. Oh, you know what I'd love to see? Cribs special episode, and it's all the big Chicago houses from John Hughes movies. 
You got the McCallister. <laughs> you got the McCallister house. You want to buy this? Well, you need one million dollars, <laughs> man. Because <laughs> yeah, the, that's not the that's McCallister not house. It's, like, that's the, it's a reference to the, the McCallister house that apparently only costs like one point five or something. something? I, I think it was a few. A it was a while ago now, but I think it was like it's somewhere in the twenty tens. It sold for like one point five million, which is it's still not cheap. But compared to Sydney house prices, if you're not from Sydney, that could get you a really nice apartment, maybe. But that house would cost like five mil at least in Sydney, yeah, at least yeah, easy, easy, at least depending where. Uh, but um, yeah, and especially with those auto lights that come on to let neighbors oh. know or the police know what. Basically, one point five will get you bucks apartment in Sydney, connected to um, Wrigley Stadium. <laughs> Free electricity. What's it these days? Yeah. Um, should we get into the verdict? Yes. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. You're right. And that's all I have to say about that. Uh, I think you can tell, Greg, I like this movie. Uh, I find it hard. This is the kind of thing where you try and, you know, if you do a Stallone movie or you do a Scorsese movie, you do a movie that's like its own category in a way by the nature mm. of the names attached yeah. to it. But I don't know. I don't, I'm not enough of a John Hughes guy to contextualize it within within his world. And while I love John Candy, I have many gaps in my John Candy repertoire too. So I, I couldn't say whether it's like where it fits in in the world of those things. But um, I liked it. It's a it's a rewatch for me for sure. Maybe a softer rewatch. I'll probably I'll probably rewatch this every twenty years or something. Um, but uh, there's there's nothing outdated about it really. I don't I didn't mm. think it's just like a nice warm hug. So it's it's worth watching for anyone who feels the need for one of those. Did Ara watch it with you? No, I would have yeah. liked her too, but we didn't couldn't yeah, schedule same. it. Despite yeah, being locked in this here. house together twenty four seven, we couldn't find a gap in our schedules to watch it's, it together. It's remarkable how that works, <laughs> but we have the same situation because I think she would have really liked it. And I would have liked. I to think have so, her Carol. Point of view. I forgot to ask you actually because I think probably the same reason Carol would like it. Do you think you resonated with it more a little bit? Having the kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those. I found those two kids adorable, especially when they they're in great. the back of the of the car when he's dropping it, and they're in their puffer jackets. Like, what's going on? Yeah, like, they weren't saying anything because it was, and they were just so pleasant. Were, yeah, yeah. Do I? Who are you? <laughs> I'm your uncle Buck. Do I have an, an uncle? uncle? <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so pure. Yeah. And, Hilarious, like it's hilarious yeah. as well as being super adorable. Yeah. Uh, man, it got me. Yeah, so I loved it as well. And I, I think um, the the Candy and Hughes, like kind of digging into that a little bit and understanding they've done like six movies together. You know, yeah. in some capacity. The most. He's the actor that's worked with Hughes the most. Yeah. yeah. There was more of that to come, and they, they, you know, obviously, sadly, John died. Well, John Candy died of a heart attack. And so did John Hughes. He he died of a heart attack in ninety oh no no in Yeah, he was quite um, young too, right? Yeah, like mid fifties. Yeah. So you know that's it was a it was a kind of um, a little sad tinge to it all, but um, Matt, I loved it. 
It was it was heartwarming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With some great performances. One part I forgot to mention, which I guess gives it an all time uh, legacy or holding upness, is John Candy's daughter says that Uncle Buck is the closest to what he was really like. As you see, Uncle Buck, that's pretty much my dad. Oh, wow. That's I mean, cool. probably more the positive side of it, but, you know. Yeah, but I he, think he wasn't even that much a of a dirtbag, really. You no, know, yeah. he just loved to drink and the occasional bank. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> he did. No, that's, he's known to. Oh, in real know. life. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I meant I thought you were talking about Buck specifically. Oh, yeah. Um, Buck was a sniffer for sure. <laughs> um, did Simpsons do it? Now, this is a no, but I feel like there's a massive missed opportunity here for a Mo Sislak to take care of Bart and Lisa and Maggie. Oh. Uncle oh, Mo. I like it. Why do they do that? Uncle, Uncle Mo, Mo's thank family, you, ma'am. Yeah, there you go. Family feedback. <laughs> here I am. It <laughs> would oh, be a great episode. Cool. Story That's, by. Uh, could you just pop the astute button on just one last time? It's very astute on your part. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I haven't pressed any buttons in a while. Sorry, man. You've, you've been really, terrible on the buttons tonight. I'm not good at the buttons. You're not a button um, man. We each have a role. <laughs> Porn parody. Interestingly, yes. And it's just called <laughs> Uncle <laughs> It's just called Uncle Buck. But strangely enough, in the search results I also found the Terminator uh was called the Penetrator. I just feel like I should mention that because I feel like we didn't cover that in the Terminator episode. The we Penetrator. Didn't. I'm the Penetrator. Yeah. I travel back to time to change the whatever for the things. The, the, I- Sexy time. Construction shape of your vagina <laughs> through vigorous penetration. Oh, because they need to make sure that John Connor gets born. That would actually make sense mm. plot wise. Yeah. Check I'm the penetrator. The I need to create John Connor in your womb. Um, Bechdel test. I would say this one gets close. It's, it's not an official tick from Bechdel test, but there are two mm. female, two strong female characters with names. And they even sit down together for a good chat, but unfortunately, that whole chat is about Uncle Buck. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, so it's not yeah, it's a pass. It's like a technical but no, but like there is. Some, I think for yeah. eighty nine, it's it's progressive. Mm. As sad as that sounds, yeah, um, concur. Special effects. I think the big pancake looked pretty real, so I give that a pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. And we've gone through recasts already, so I don't know MVP. Who's your guy? It's pretty hard to look past the, yeah. Yeah, it's a candy vehicle. Yeah. Laurie Metcalf is a supporting uh, low-key there, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I had, Um, notwithstanding the charm of the young man. But, um, yeah, I had Laurie as a uh, low Both the little kids too, to your point. Yeah, Um, they were Yeah, they were great. They were great. Yeah, there was no duds in it. It was a really, it was solid. I think I think like the thing that doesn't give me an immediate a, a highly frequent rewatch is like there's not a ton in it like it's not like it's not like a laugh a minute or anything it feels nice mm. but um but all those characters are so delightful that it's, mm. it just feels nice it just feels nice throughout anyway oh we forgot to mention big news next week we have a very special guest yeah we've got Gerard Milligan from Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood joining us on the pod. Uh, for his choice of film, which is License to Drive, Corey this Hayne. is actually massive news that we probably should have said at the beginning of the show. Uh, massive. We're big fans of 
Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood. If you haven't heard Absolutely. that, check it out. Do you want to it's tell the guys one of the best podcasts on what on what the show is? Basically, I guess in a in a to not do it justice in a similar fashion to ours, where where we discuss whether things hold up, they cover movies uh, and evaluate them based on representations of people of color. Does it help the cause or does it set the cause back? Is, is kind of the the key measure there. And uh, it's just a great fucking podcast. So if you haven't heard of that, if if you haven't had a listen to that one, definitely check it out. Mm, um, it's, it's it's high quality stuff. They're, it is they're high, legit. They're the kind of podcast that we aspire to be one day. They are great. Yeah. It's it's look. Let's be honest. There's levels to this game, and they're they're, they're the in pros. higher levels. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the miners? Yeah. And so we're very grateful if they're to have for our northern. Friends, if if they're the NFL, we're the CFL. We're the little league. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're the That's South Park exciting. cows. Yeah. Um, so watch us battle as we try to keep <laughs> up with his awesomeness. Yeah. And if you go, if you're on the old Netflix Astronomy Club, his uh, uh, draw and um, the guys from Black Man Can't Jump. That's their sketch show, so check that out too. Yeah, they have a sketch show, which Tristan and I do not. Yeah, we don't another, have one of those. Another There's many things, point of many difference. things that that are points of difference here. Um, that one day we would aspire uh, to be. In the meantime, we're on the gram, we're on the Tiki Toki, and we're on all the socials. So uh, come say hello. Mm. And uh, oh, and thank you to everyone that answered our little yes. uh, mug yeah, of research. Is there? To say. It was extremely helpful. We had a little brainstorm with the wives last night. We did. About how, uh, how, how just can we make this show even better? Um, and all of you were very kind in saying that this show is already good. And um, while that's helpful, we still want to make it better. So the line's still open. If you've got suggestions, let us know. Um, and, yeah, thanks for the time. I guess that's it. That's probably it. That's probably That's it. Probably I'm going to go it. and watch some sport and eat a pizza. What are Ooh. I'm going to watch a movie. Well, what are you going to watch? I don't know. I'll find something. I'm a bit drunk now, so I'm in the mood for something, like, stupid. Mm, excellent. All right, let's log off. All right, bye. Listening to Doubling Power, that's so great. That's in in the newest PO. <laughs> what does that mean? Nothing. Sure oath. Sure oath, it means nothing. Yeah. Uh, that's going to go in the post credits. Makes about as much sense as his old man.